it's time for Larry News Sports. My guest tonight is Danny Bonanza, a.k.a. Dr. Demison. removed from the finale of the fall basho, the September basho, oh, yeah. won by Terano Fuji, the 73rd Terano Fuji. Yokozuna of the world. Uh, yeah, what'd you, how'd you feel about it? Uh, you know, I thought that this, this basho started out and I was like, all right, obviously we're coming at it from like a less build up state than we were for the last one where we knew that we were going for that Terra no Fuji Hakuo matchup. Mm-hmm. But by the end, I thought this was a wonderful Basho. It was, it was, uh, there was a lot of good sumo to see. Yeah. It, it, what, did, what did you think about it? Larry? I think the same that there was a lot of good sumo and some fun moments, which we'll get to. It didn't have the buildup of a championship fight the way the last one do- did, especially that Hakuo, you know, got uh, suspended, evicted. <laughs> he got he got banned. evicted. He got evicted. No, he wasn't <laughs> able to participate because of health and safety protocols. Yes, uh, yes. which which is a bummer. But you know that means next Basho we'll get the Hakuo Fuji rematch. That's what I'm hoping for. I know Hakuo's entire stable, which I forget the name of it, but his entire stable had to quarantine because of COVID-19. So that means even down in the Jurio League, Enho, crowd favorite Enho was MIA. We are missing out on uh, Ishimura. Ishimura? The the jacked uh, gold mawashi, the best buns in the biz, oh, I believe. Oh yeah, the, uh, I was wondering where the best buns boom. in the biz were. Yeah, yeah, he he, he was in quarantine. A real shame. Mm-hmm. No, Enho is Enho. Has he ever been up to the Makuchi? Yeah, he was in Makuchi for several bashos, um, and he was like this boy wonder because he's tiny. And everyone was saying Hakuo or uh, Enho. He's the next big thing. He's the night and he's small. He's a big <laughs> thing in a small package. And uh, but then everyone figured him out and uh, he just got demolished in Makuuchi like two or three times. Went back down to Jurio, continued to get demolished. And I think he's even in danger, possibly, unless he's been training really hard. He might 
you might be in danger of falling beneath the Jurio division. Going back to Makushita, I think it's called. Uh, rough times for Enho, dropping down yeah. to Makushito. No, does doesn't Haku also have a a protege or some young 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 blood that he's grooming to be the next big thing? I know I know that both Enho Enho and Ishimura are kind of like proteges of mm-hmm. of Hakuo's. I have heard that there is someone who's like rising up in the lower ranks, um, who's kind of being tutored by by Hakuo, but I I can't speak with any authority on that. Maybe maybe some Basho down the line, this protege is going to be revealed, and it's going to be, <laughs> it, it, and uh, you know the it'll the, yeah it'll be either Goldberg or. Um, <laughs> Or uh, Daniel Bryan could just be a, a Mazda protege. Is is that a is that a car? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a car that I used to drive. It's the last car that I drove when I owned a car. Oh, yeah. Nineteen ninety nine Mazda protege. Okay, and what what was the year that you stopped driving? I stopped driving it in two thousand fifteen. Okay. It was a little up there. Yeah. I got it used for like, I think, 1600 bucks. Ooh, that's a good deal. Yeah, it was great. For I loved that car. And that's, that'll be the last car of your life. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, because we're all going to be... If I'm lucky. If we're lucky, you'll be in a yeah. walkable city forever. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, Now... Going back to the Basho, let's talk about Terunofuji, because one of the big stories was his shove of, who was it against? Yeah. Uh, damn, she, it wasn't Chiono. His, his who, name starts I'm going to try to look it up. He's got hairy shoulders, um, this guy. Oh, Asanoyama? I think so. It may have been Asanoyama. I'm I'm doing some quick googling. Oh, ta- Takayasu? Yeah, Takayasu. Oh. Does that sound right? Takayasu. Okay. But anyway, he shoved somebody. <laughs> and there's, you know, there's a lot of shoving in sumo. The, yeah, um, what happened in this bout? It uh it seems like it was maybe day 10, 12, something like that. He's tired. It looks like everybody was giving their best against Terna Fuji. Um, oh, yeah. Which he's got to expect. Uh, and he seems to always win by outpowering rather than trips or sidesteps. It's always like yeah. the most tiring way possible. Like they'll get into a stalemate and then he'll just end it by like lifting the guy basically and push him out of the ring because he's, he's the strongest. Yeah. Uh, Rikishi there probably is right now. Yeah, I I remember I've read articles saying that he can do leg presses of 700 pounds in, in the gym, which is, I mean, he's he's like a human pneumatic crushing machine. He can yeah. just, uh, he's so incredibly strong. It's really amazing. Yeah, and you really see it. And so he, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the I, one of the, one of the things, kind of the context around this shove, I think, 
he had already, there was an upset he had lost. So according to this article, at least he was 10 and one at the time. Mm -hmm. And I think that probably rattled him. It definitely rattled me. <laughs> I, I was expecting him. <laughs> I was watching and going, no, what? Heavens. Uh, yeah. In my, my sensibilities. I thought Tara no Fuji was the strongest. And, and so I think he was also a little like, I, I need to decisively win this. And the issue with this shove is that technically he had already won. Mm -hmm. His opponent had already set foot outside of the doyo and Tara no Fuji kind of shoved him off. And for those of you who don't know there, it's maybe two feet off the ground, this clay structure of the doyo. And, uh, and so it sent him, sent them flying off and uh you know these guys are prone to injury so i think it was seen as kind of like an unsportsmanlike move mm -hmm. and the opponent did get injured it to to non-sumo fans i would liken it to a late hit in a football game where a player is knocked out of bounds and then a reasonable step or two or half second after they've stepped out of bounds another player tackles them. Um, yeah. Where the they could have held blitz up. style. Yes. Uh, shoulder check and, and butt drop. Exactly. Now, so it did look like his emotions got the best of him, which is not becoming of a Yokozuna. And <laughs> it also made me wonder that, so this square of the doyo right outside the circle Basically, the part of the raised platform that is out of bounds is very small. And I feel yeah. like not yeah. just this, maybe a lot, a lot of injuries happen when they fall off the raised platform. So they could make the platform bigger, keeping the ring the same size. Is that discussed yes. or is that something people have thrown out as an idea or am I innovative and a genius <laughs> you are you are the western innovator coming to to revolutionize the tra ancient traditional sport of sumo yeah uh it's it's been discussed as far as i know um there is an english language correspondent for sumo named john gunning who has written many articles about uh some of the health failings and and um you know, unnecessary dangers that, that Rikishi are, are put into. And I think the, from what I understand, obviously I'm no expert, but from what I understand, the sumo league or uh, whoever's in charge of all of it are kind of making baby steps in terms of keeping the Rikishi safe. I think in recent Basho's, uh, medics have been quicker to be called and to come in and, and check on Rikishi. There was a Rikishi who died of uh, some basically untreated concussions not long ago. And I think that was also a big kick in the butt uh, to, to, you know, and we're seeing it in football as well. I think like the making sure that these high impact athletes get the safety that they need. Um, I think a lot of Western fans say things like, let's just lower the doyo. Let's make the doyo bigger. Let, like all these, let's, uh, I saw something about um, 
replacing the flooring around the doyo with a more springy material so that it's not such a hard fall. Yeah. Uh, And how incredible would that be (laughs) if we were mixing sumo wrestling and trampoline aerobatics? Yeah. If once Um, they got knocked off the doyo, this a 400 pound man (laughs) just like landed and sprung into the air. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, slam dunks what if we put (laughs) basketball hoops all around the ring right it could be it really could be an incredible change for this for this sport and a nice infusion of modernity um (laughs) yeah but I, i from what i understand there it is just a reluctance to change tradition um and kind of like this is how it's been literally for hundreds of years and it's it's going to take a lot of work to change it but the sport has to adapt uh in order to survive and i wouldn't be surprised if in the next few years we saw some uh saw some better medical conditions kind of in general that's good good for everybody and um yeah i think that's that's my amateur analysis yeah it's gonna get better It, it will so Terana Fuji did win. Um, yes. He had 11 wins total. I 12. think he went, I, I have the, uh, the things here. He, he ended up 13 and two. Right. So going into the last plus. day, I don't know how much of a, uh, a controversy this was, but going into the last day, he has 12 wins. There is one guy with 11 wins, some very low-ranked Makuchi. Miyogiru. Who, for him to qualify for a playoff, he would have had to win, and Terano Fuji would have had to lose. He lost, I think, right? Yeah. He lost anyway, yeah, he, so he kind of clinched it for Teru. Teru did win his final bout. Yeah. He... I did wonder why, even though this was not a highly ranked competitor, why Miyogiru didn't have the opportunity to face Terra Fuji. Uh, well, he did, didn't he? Wasn't that the final match? No, I think I, it. I don't think it. I was. think it. Oh, really? Let me. Did Did I not come prepared? <laughs> Let me look this did up. You, I, did you see um, the email I sent you this morning? I, I with all the it. questions. <laughs> um, let me see here. I'm I'm pulling up Nato Sumo. You're right. It was Shodai versus Terano Fuji. Yeah, was the final matchup. Oh wow. Okay. So then, yeah, I also wonder. It would have been difficult for Miyogiru to beat Terunofuji essentially twice in a row because exactly, he would have yeah. had to beat him once to to trigger the playoff and then again to win but it seems like he should have had the opportunity and the only thing I can think of is that Shodai is Ozeki which is one rank underneath Yokozuna he's been Ozeki for a little over a year now and so perhaps it was just a kind of rule of the Ozeki must must face the the Yokozuna. I'm not really sure about that. Yeah, but maybe they could have done that earlier. I don't know. Um, yeah, I thought it would have been unfair if Miyogiri won his bout on the day 15. But 
he lost anyway. And I'm sure he wouldn't have yeah. beaten Taran Fuji twice in a row, if not at all. He would have been creamed the first time, probably. Yeah. And double creamed he would the have second been time. Launched like like a <laughs> like a bouncer grabbing someone by the pants and throwing them out of a bar. <laughs> yeah. But this would have been the Milwaukee. Yeah. It 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 would have been a fun matchup, but and that could have even had something to do with it. Like maybe the people in charge of the Benzuke were just thinking there's there's no way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I don't know, but but yeah, it I I mean he he finished runner up, didn't he? Miyagiru yeah. had eleven, Enho or uh, Endo had eleven wins, and then. I guess they were tied for second there. Yeah. So he's going to rise up the, the Banzuke next time around. Yeah, I, I think for sure. Um, yeah. So we will get back to talking about Sumo. But in the meantime, I would like to introduce the historian of this show. He is the oldest living sports fan... Bert Carlson! Hello? Hey, Bert! Hello, hello hey. Bert. Oh, yeah, hello, Dan and uh, I see Dan and Larry here. Yeah. Hey, boys. Hello! How you doing? Good evening. Good evening. Uh, you know, I'm. Uh, I can't complain. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm creaking and leaking and all the right, probably well, or wrong places. But you know, it's a uh, movement. Movement is uh, is key. Yeah, motion mm. is lotion. Yeah. Absolutely. How how are you boys doing uh, on this uh, whenever day it is? It's Wednesday, September 29th. We're doing great. <laughs> I uh, could probably seem to be moving around a little more. Yeah. I think. There you go. There you go. Rocking back and forth. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. We you got, you got a weeble to the wobble if you want to. Yeah. yeah, yeah they call it the office workers exhaustion method. I just kind of well, go back they and need forth. to shorten that to an acronym or something. It's, uh, it's clunky. O W E O W E M O M. That's right. Oh, and do you know, oh, Bert, Bert, are you wearing it. two pairs of glasses right now? <laughs> of course not. I'm not a moron. I got a, you got the sunglasses and you got the, and you, ah, got, you, know, the, uh, and you got the proctology glasses. Uh, <laughs> right. The ones bringing up the rear. Sorry, sorry. This is given to me by a dark friend of mine. That's why I say that he was, uh, uh well, yeah, he was a proctologist. There's no, there's no shame in that. Yeah. It's a, a very necessary thing when you get to my age. Well, you know, proctologists also, they have very low rates if you come in for an eye exam. They're much cheaper than optometrists. That's very true, but it, it just... Mm. Yeah, well, Sometimes you're coming in for that. forever to get there. <laughs> They're used to seeing the brown eye exam. Am I right, boys? Oh, yeah. The one brown yeah. eye exam? I smell what you're wafting. I smell what you're cooking. Um, Bert, you know, you, yeah. so we're in, a, we're in a Zoom chat, and... Uh, in Zoom, you have the ability to do emojis like a thumbs up or an applause, or to raise your hand if you want to speak. Bert, your hand is raised. Did you have a question? Or yeah, I'm just I'm just letting you know that I'm I'm in attendance. Okay, I'm a, I'm a stickler for rules. I'm a stickler for you know uh, punctuality, obviously. Right. So uh, I just wanted you to know I'm here. 
Okay. Well, this Does is it good. Bother you? Can I, I can I can probably take it down. You don't have to. But this way, no matter what, every time you speak, it, I can't accuse you of not of calling out without raising your hand. Absolutely not. It's transparency. I want you to know where I'm at at all times. Um, you know, if, if, if this helped, I'm, I'm just trying to assist you on uh, the, 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 the success. Yeah. I, I, for, uh, and for that, I applaud you. Oh, look at that. I appreciate that. That's, that's actually, that's really making me feel good. I appreciate yeah. that, boys. Well, you know, I am going to react <laughs> with a ta-da <laughs> emoji. That means party know, time. Oh, what emoji? Tada. T A D. Did you say Kada? No, T. Like, oh, Tada. Tada. <laughs> it's Tada. Yeah. What did I say? This is a huge, huge part of expressions. Yeah. Let's see what other options we have for reacting. We have an applause, a thumbs up. It seems like they're. A heart. Oh, you could do anything. There are options for pretty much all of them. Yeah. There you go. Lipstick. I'll be honest. I, it, a little elephant here. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's a, that's a little uh, wink and a nod to the uh, uh, to the dog owner. Uh, <laughs> dog owners of the world, isn't it? It sure is. You know, they. I they guess own, you don't own a dog. <laughs> I, I don't own a dog, but I do like to wink and nod at dog owners. Absolutely. It's, a, it's an exclusive club of anyone who wants to try to join it. And even if you don't want to try uh, a lot of people are actually part of the club. Yeah, sometimes dog follows you home, and it's like, yep, you're in the club now. Yeah. Nothing you didn't even sometimes know the, the club chooses you. Yeah. That's absolutely you, right. That's, that's Groucho Marx said that he didn't want to be a member of any club that would have him. So I imagine he would be very offended if a dog tried to follow him home. Absolutely. That's the whole thing would fall in on itself. Like, like a... Like some sort of a metaphysical black hole. Mm -hmm. No smoking. <laughs> no smoking emoji. Yeah. Uh, well, Bert. There's a lot going on here. Yeah, Bert. Um, yeah. You said you, you had something to tell us about um, some sports history. Well, you know, uh, recently I've, uh, I've been, uh, been self-reflecting on the past, right? I've uh, yeah. tried to, uh, you know... Uh, it's a good, good way to figure out where you're going is to at least, you know, judge where you've been, um, if, you, if you know what I'm saying. And part of that, uh, part of that it was me just Rolodexing uh, through my brain about some of the, uh, the, the past experiences that I've had. Then I realized that I didn't know what day of the week it was, but I definitely knew that it was, you know, it's uh, uh, the 29th of September. So right. uh, the, the, the first thing, you know, there's a couple of things that I could have probably gone with. Uh, and normally when I come on here, it's something big, you know, it's something that, um, you know, it's uh, a lot of history that uh, that you might be sort of familiar with, like the fact that uh, Stan Musial owes me 20 bucks. <laughs> and the fact that, uh, you know, uh, you know, things like uh, uh, Jack Johnson had a thing for uh, he would actually make what's, what's known as uh, uh, horse chestnut uh, soup. <laughs> uh, which was uh, it was a really disgusting uh, training regimen that he would do. But uh, those but, are, know, but those are, that, you know, those are well known facts. Absolutely, it's it's uh, it, you know it's um it's a beaten path right there. There's a lot of single track through the jungle on uh, on, on some of that stuff. So I thought I'd uh, uh, I thought I'd, I'd uh, celebrate and mark the anniversary of the death of a of a great sportsman that um 
And a lot, a lot of people don't understand, and a lot of people don't know. Uh, and that is on uh, September 20, 29th, which is what, what, what the date is. Uh, but this is back, uh, this this man died in 1893. He was a good personal friend of mine. His name is Artemis Bacon Famine. Artemis, Artemis Bacon ever, uh, Famine. Artemis Bacon Artemis Famine. Bacon famine. Okay. Artemis is bacon that hyphenated? Famine. Bacon hyphen famine? Or is it all one? Bacon hyphen famine? That sounds absolutely ridiculous. No, it's just bacon famine. Straight up. It's <laughs> a, one word. It's a compound word. <laughs> one word. Exactly. I do see the I do see the the, the possibility of uh, confusion there, but uh, uh, no 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 hyphen. It's just uh, it is what it is. Autumn's bacon famine. There's a gentleman that I knew from uh, back in my time in Glasgow back in the 1870s. Uh, uh, that's that's not in America, boys. I know you think everything's in America, but it's just, uh, it's 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 the city, not in America. Let's just say that. Okay. And I uh, I was drinking. I was drinking at a tavern called the Why Not. It was a uh, it was a tavern for sailors and uh, nautical personnel. Let's just uh, say that. And uh, so I was sitting there and down, you know, I, was, uh, I had a, a what I would call an hour of power. And every hour I would just pound a, a draft beer. Uh, but back then, draft beer was just you know, I just I'd go pick up a, I go you know, I'd just throw a dart, a random rock at a barrel, and I'd you know, I'd just. Pour it into my hat and drink it like that. That's what I call it a pint. Wait, wait, wait. But uh, wait, wait. on this particular throw, day, throw a rock in a barrel, and then throw, throw a, a rock at the barrel to designate which barrel I wanted <laughs> to drink from. Okay, ah. it's a good way of calling. Very dance. random process. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes here's the thing: if you're not a very good shot, like I, as much of a giant sports fan as I clearly am, I, uh, I don't have a good arm. So every now and then, I would ring the spittoon. Uh, let me tell you that. That's, oh, no. that's an hour of uh, that's, an, that's an hour of, of horrible, heinous uh, regret. Yeah. Um, a lot of self-loathing in that day. Anyway, uh, this day actually, as a matter of fact, I was having a good day. I, I, you know, I was having a, having a pretty good day. Uh, in walks a guy named Artemis Bacon Famine. Uh, now, for those of you who are unfamiliar, as few of you probably. Uh, you know, only a few of you on that list, mm-hmm. but Artemis Bacon Famine is—he's uh, unofficially he was the uh, he created competitive eating. Oh, really? Ooh. Absolutely, he did. We were uh, talking about because, uh, chestnuts earlier. I'm thinking of Joey Chestnut these days. Owes a lot well, of to course Mr. You Bacon are. Famine. Of course you are. He uh, no, here's the thing. A lot of people don't know this either. Uh, uh, old Jay Chestnut, he he got something. Uh, he stole a lot of Bacon Famine's moves. Yeah, oh, uh, I don't wow. know if he's ever. I don't know if he's ever studied him straight up, but uh, it's just it's just just something you, you some things you just can't teach. Yeah, sometimes you know an I mean? athlete is so transcendent that their technique just kind of becomes part of the fabric of the sport. Absolutely. And now when I say he studied Bacon Famine, I think it probably was on the astral plane because uh, Bacon Famine was also a philosopher and a practitioner of Ray Key before it was uh, happy. But uh, I digress. We're talking mm-hmm. about the competitive eating aspect here. So Bacon Famine walks in one day, right? Kicks the door in, uh, which was interesting because he had six toes on his left foot, but he used his right foot. Uh, <laughs> personally, I would have gone with the six-toed foot, but that's me. Um but he kicks the door open. It goes up in whatever language he was speaking. I, I don't know. I didn't really. I, I didn't. 
like it's one of those things like a dream like i know what it is i remember what he said but i have no idea what he was talking about or how he pronounced any uh, pronounced any words he pronounced them well anyway he pronounced them well thank you uh but i digress he walked in <laughs> stop digressing after kicking the door open and he had a <laughs> Stop digressing. You want me to progress rather than digress? <laughs> a little oh, bit I want you, you know what? Well, I, nice. I want you to take whatever path seems best. I'm just gonna. Uh, all right, I'll cut. I'll cut to the shindig. You guys just want to dance. You don't want to. No warm up. Okay. Huh. Anyway, so he walked in. He's got a. He's got a wicker basket full of lamb fries. Ooh. Wow. What exactly right. are lamb fries? Now many of. Lamb fries? You don't know. the hell? Larry, you don't know what a lamb fry is? I lamb don't. fry is a sheep testicle. Oh, my God. Oh, that's not what I thought it was. Not what I thought it was either. What did you think a lamb fry was? I thought it was like a duck fat fry. Like if some French fries sizzled up in nice lamb fat. Where the hell is Artemis bacon famine going to get something like that <laughs> in 1873? Probably from the same animals he got all those testicles from. Uh, you know, he, you know the funny thing is, no matter how many times I, uh, no matter how many times I asked him, no matter how many barrels of beer I threw rocks at to get him to drink, he never told me, never divulged. But I will say this: the man had in excess of sixteen dozen lamb fries. But he had an odd number. That was the curious thing. He had an odd number of them. So he challenged every man there. Was uh, uh, he was he was uh, he was uh, there they, they to make the dreams come true? Because you see, everybody in Glasgow at that point was uh, uh, we were eating boiled plankton, and uh, you know we were just like sucking the leather down on old shoes. We were very hungry individuals. There. So when he walked in, he put an immediate target on his back, and his front, and every side, any angle we could get a target on, he uh, we had him zoomed in on. Uh, but the man said he's like a you. If you can eat more testicles than I can out of this wicker basket, you can have the wicker basket for you and your friends. Wow. That's a good prize. Of course. Yeah. yeah, exactly, right? So I jumped at the chance. But here's what I didn't realize. The day prior, the, the man had drank two gallons worth. Well, approximately two gallons. I don't know what they were. Back then, they just measured them in, uh, they just measured them in bull stomachs. So he had three and a half bull stomachs worth of water in his belly. Three and, and a half bull stomachs is only two gallons. <laughs> well, bulls were a lot smaller back then. You American <laughs> boys forget you guys have bulls the size of Chevys. Yeah, before we started loading yeah, up bulls just... with steroids and and yeah, growth hormones, those were better days. Absolutely. In fact, the bulls back then were more like uh, <laughs> these days. You'd probably call them does. <laughs> exactly. You know, like a deer, like you know, like well, yeah. Yeah, it's like an approximate size, right? But still, you know, I mean, like a three bull stomachs worth of water is a lot. There's a lot to hold in, so he would drink it to distend his belly, and that way he see. Here's the thing, though: he was a great man in a lot of ways, but he was also quite selfish because nobody could beat him there. Everybody there was starving. Their stomachs were the size of one of the lamb testicles, lamb fries. It was a sheep testicle, but they called it a lamb fry. Again, it's uh, Glasgow is a backwards place in many ways, <laughs> but. So I took the man up on the challenge. I said, hey, I've got, I've got five kids over here. They, they turned out not to be mine later on, I, I, I found out. But uh, 
you know, at the time I thought I had a five children set. So I've got five kids over here. They were sitting right over there. They were drinking from <laughs> the spittoon. And I'm like, too young to drink beer, but you know, they can at least get a little contact. Anyway, I said, so yeah, I was like, I'll, I'll challenge you to that. So he whooped out, he threw them on the table. The table was just a, just a half of a tree chopped down, like literally chopped down with the side of a hand. So it wasn't a very good table, but he chopped them all down there. And we, uh, so we, did, we went to divide them up. The funny thing was, I let him go first, and he ate 13 dozen. 13 dozen. There's not even enough left. There was only 16 dozen total, right? Yeah, a little over 16 dozen. That's correct. Uh, but the funny thing was, I only I, I, I was starving, so I only ate half a testicle anyway. So the man actually, uh, but to his word, he ate the rest of the testicles right there in front of us. So the man walked out, and he had a giant beard. Like like a, almost like a bear in hibernation, kind of a belly. Uh, a, he walked into my life and he walked out. I didn't see him again for another probably 15, 20 years. And then uh, I saw him on his deathbed on September 29th. Uh, at this point, though, he was over in uh, he was in uh, New Amsterdam. Oh, New York. No, 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 Amsterdam. It was just like a new part of it, like a new neighborhood. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, just a, a new some new Amsterdam stuff. Uh, a new wow. part of him. So he died yeah. 15 yeah, what, to 20 years to the day from when he ate. Or to the day. From when he The cosmos is the most bizarre thing, my friend. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, when I just God's wanted to make sure that we missed Absolutely. I mean, if sheep testicles are weird enough, but, uh, you know, the cosmic timing of the whole thing. I think that, uh, you know, Artemis Bacon famine is a man who needs to, that's uh, a name we need to remember. It is. You it know, sounds I, like he just wanted to show off. Yeah. Like you, <laughs> if, you, if I walked into a bar with a bunch of sheep, with let's let's condense it down. I'll say I have sixteen sheep testicles, and I say whoever can eat down. more than me is going to take the whole basket. And then I ate thirteen of the sheep's testicles. I was not intending at all to to lose this tour. I just wanted to show off how many testicles I could eat. Well, you know, he did give me the option to go first, but I had a stage fright. <laughs> it's you, okay, you probably my fault, really. Yeah, you always gotta choose choose to get the ball first if you're yeah. uh, in competitive eating. Well, I mean, I'm t- well, it's you, like you, passing. You know you that now, feud. Exactly. You don't want to yeah, pass that's, in that's family. That's true. Feud, I mean, ever. Well, uh, you know, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. It's easy when you're sitting there in your armchairs, buddies. Yeah, yeah. But when you true. got a, when you got that the whole proletariat behind you back in Glasgow, uh, let's just say uh, uh, the stakes were high. Was the proletariat upset that you didn't choose to go first? Yeah, they were pretty upset. I, I could never go back to Glasgow after that oh day. They actually uh, they escorted, they kindly, very politely escorted me to the uh, to the edge of the city. Uh, and then strip me naked and uh, kick me into the water. As they do yeah. in Glasgow when you get when you lose a lamb fry t- uh, tournament. <laughs> well, that's called the Burt Carlson. So, <laughs> wow. You know, got, everybody's got legacy. So you're, so you're in the record books, just like Artemis Bacon Famine, uh, who's many wow. consider the, the greatest oh, wow. competitive eater of all time. Yeah. He Damn, really he, is. And, he, you know... Please, please continue. Oh no, I was going to say he uh, he also invented a uh, 
Uh, he invented a swirly javelin too, made out of uh, made out of wicker. The man had a thing for wicker. I never quite understood it myself. It doesn't hold up very well. But uh, his entire uh, his entire all of his clothing, his house was made of wicker. His wife was made of wicker. I'm beginning to think maybe Artemis Bacon famine wasn't. He wasn't the most uh, uh, together of people. No, you know this was in the day before players had agents who kind of took care of their finances. Um, so Absolutely. he was smart in the stomach, but not so smart in the head. Hmm. That's true. But, you know, a lot of scientists say that actually there's a second brain, which is a cluster of nerves around the stomach region. So uh, he was doubly stupid. Wow. <laughs> his brain just, his second brain just added to his stupidity. A, wick, a man with a wicker wife who won a sheep testicle eating contest. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was a great you man. Think that, you think there'd be a limerick about him somewhere, but uh, I have yet to hear one. No, I've Maybe they have one back in Glasgow. I haven't been able to go back. Well, if I'm, I, I, I might go there at some point, and if I do, oh. I'll, uh, ask, I'll ask the locals on. to recite limericks about Artemis Bacon Famine and his lamb fry eating contest, and if I hear one, I'll let you well, know. Yeah, well, if you, if, you, if you say it in the wrong, you know, if you, if you do it in the wrong way, you might get a burnt house. So just, yeah. uh, just, just know, I hope you have a GPS somewhere microchipped into your body. I do. I do. We, we yeah, all got vaccinated, say this, right? Yep. We're good on the microchips. We're vaccinated. Yeah. You hear about oh, this coronavirus? I'm trying to get oh, no, I'm completely vaccinated. In fact, I'm over-vaccinated. <laughs> yeah. I go I go for a vaccine once a week, whether I need it or not. <laughs> you, I, I get it done with my showers. Once a week, whether I need it or not. Yeah, they put you in an industrial shower to hose you down and, like, just have one of those oh, giant you've seen the videos. I've seen these videos, yeah. They, yeah. they were leaked from Area 51, and it's just them injecting you with all sorts of serum. It's really amazing. Yeah, people, <laughs> you know, people thought that, uh, that, 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 uh, that Bruce Willis did a good job in 12 Monkeys. Like, that's not a shower. No. That's not a forced shower. I'll show you a forced shower. <laughs> You'll ask me not to. But you know, I will say this about Artemis Bacon Famine, and I will address your show-off comment. What is sport if it's not showing off? That's a good point. I guess it's true. What do you stumble into? Not at all. You, if, you, if you're a fighter, you go up and say, hey, I'm going to kick your ass in front of people. Yeah. Show off my ass-kicking skills. I feel like I would enjoy more sports if they started off with one team just challenging another team and then, and then going <laughs> ham and, and just really giving it their all immediately. Yeah, it would be cool Absolutely. If, if, just one all day, on the front end. if one day the 49ers just showed up at Giants Stadium and were like, hey, <laughs> we challenge you to some football. How many touchdowns we'll can you some- get? I'll go first and they <laughs> score 16 yeah. dozen touchdowns. And then, like, the ref blows the whistle. It's you like, know. we're out of time. You can't, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, uh, I will say this. It would be an improvement over these days, you know, especially with, uh, you know, with uh, uh, falling, uh, you know, viewership numbers right mm-hmm. now. You know, yeah, something like that on the front end might be, you know, 
Well, 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 going back to the sumo thing, though, uh, yeah. I was kind of—I couldn't help but eavesdrop because I'm looking into a computer screen and listening to you over the headphone. <laughs> uh, what would you call them? The 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 what, what are the platforms that they're on? The doyo. The doyo. Yeah. I'm, I'm not even. I'm going to let that name stand. I'm going to leave it alone. But you know, yeah. What if it was like slam ball? You guys were talking about the uh, trampolines, you know. Slam you ever ball. seen Slam Ball? Is you that, ever watched that? Is that basketball on a trampoline? On the trampolines? You're damn right it is. <laughs> Might as well, yeah, you, you could use the same technology in sumo. Exactly. I you think it fact, would be yeah, amazing. I think that's coming. Well, you know, Artemis, Artemis Bacon Famine actually had a, uh, uh, he had a, uh, uh, his own personal twist on the trebuchet that Did he, he would use in his competitive eating. Absolutely. Well, I heard tale from people, from travelers from Glasgow after I got kicked out. They were talking about the man who uh, he built his own uh, trebuchet, and he would, uh, and that's what he would do: is he would launch the he would launch lamb fries up into uh, over, over, uh, over the over, over over the walls of other of, of other towns, and he would challenge people that way. Uh, but he, he didn't didn't last very long because he uh, uh, that actually what, it, what helped him die. Uh, because, uh, you know, you can't just go launching sheep testicles over the walls and expecting people to take that at face value yeah. as, a, as a noble challenge. I mean, no. maybe times were different, but I wouldn't necessarily know if, if a sheep testicle came flying at me and I couldn't see where it was sent from. I wouldn't know, hey, that's a challenge for some competitive eating. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. you would think that someone's sieging your town and trying to infest it with some kind of disease exactly that's at the very least is like that's pretty insulting yeah it might be insulting it's not like yet yeah it's not like he had like one of his rom pompey uh food dehydrators and like these are just bloody sheep connective tissue and gristle mm. but yeah, that's also I, why i only eat half one that that makes me wonder. These lamb fries are they typically typically they're raw, or are they prepared? Yeah, they're not supposed to be pickled. Not supposed to be, but you know, much to my chagrin, I didn't know it at the time. I'd never seen a lamb testicle, sheep testicle. I never, I never laid eyes on one. I avoided sheep testicles altogether before that day. Yeah, mm. and never since. Uh, you know, I kind of lost my taste for it after that. Yeah. Honest with you, it was kind of a once once in a lifetime uh, burning. Yeah. And I only ate half one. You know, even though I'll tell you this is a lot like if you you know if uh, you know if you were to like uh, marinate an egg in like turmeric or something like that. You know, you just chop it in half. You know, slice it in half with uh, you know the salt and pepper on it, something like that. Maybe drizzle a little olive oil on it. Sounds a little good. But uh, raw sheep testicle was um, it was a, a poor choice for me to try to get into competitive eating. Yeah, you, next time go with the deviled eggs. <laughs> well, the devil was in the eggs, my friend. Oh, yeah. They say the devil's in the details. No, the devil's in the eggs. Yeah. The devil's in the eggs. The devil's in the eggs. It was a uh, huevos de, de uh, el Diablo. Diablo. Yep. I know. Yep. Uh, well, you know, thanks, Bert. I'm never, thanks for this input. I'm never going to think of September 29th the same. Yeah. It's it's a uh, it's a day that's blacked out my my calendar, <laughs> all eternity. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm probably gonna remember this more than I remember September 11th. Mm-hmm. What? When? Yeah, that's is what that I'm like saying. A birth, is that your birthday? 
it 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 compared to what happened on the 29th yeah it pales in comparison feels like a it's, birthday it's party insignificant yeah oh you mean that's it yo okay yeah well okay <laughs> yeah. all right now i, I... yeah, yeah so, that's so, september 11th yeah bert's been alive for a yeah, lot of september 11th um and, a lot and of... actually you know in, in two in 2001 i was in a coma so <laughs> yeah so well, you still don't know what happened uh, Everyone, everyone's I've, been I've, hiding the newspapers. Uh, well, no, no. I'm actually uh, a lot of pe- a lot of people don't realize this, but I'm a uh, uh, I'm actually a proud and raging illiteracist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he writes all these pamphlets trying to convince people. They're yeah, mostly but I can't just even read my writing. Most and, anyone yeah. else. But you could write. You just can't read. Wow. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. That's kind of you to say. <laughs> no problem. I'm a writer, not a reader. Yeah. Now, um, speaking of reading and books and turning the page, Wakataka Kage was a, is a sumo wrestler who had a very bad basho last time around, and he turned the page on that and had a very good basho this time around, I thought. What would you think, Dan? Yeah, I you know, I was happy to see Wakataka Kage. It seemed like he had bulked up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't have any real stats on me, but he looked like he had gained some weight since uh since the the last Basho and I think it really showed. I'm I'm reading here. He went 9 and 6. Mm-hmm. And uh you know, got his kachikoshi and and it it seems like he is uh doing well. Last Basho he was Sekiwaki for the first time. And uh, apparently they really put you through the gauntlet there and, and that kind of set the stage poorly for him. But I'm excited to see where he goes in the future. I, I love Wakataka Kage. Yeah, I think he's going to get I back. Bet Wakataka Kage, I bet he... I was going to say, I think he, I, bet, I bet he ate a bunch of sheep. They're very fat. It's he very possible because he, ga- he Some... had to gain weight somehow. Yeah, lamb, lamb fry uh, chankonabe. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. Yes. Hey, it works. Oh, Whatever in, works, you know. Yeah, sports in, is bad. In battle. contrast to Wakataka Kage, fan favorite Ura mm-hmm. had a relatively rough basho this time around. I I think his first Maki Kage, uh, Maki, what is it? Maki Maki Koshi. When you get uh, less than eight wins in over a year, I believe, finishing oh, wow. seven seven and eight. So not too bad, but. He he definitely had his work cut out for him. Yeah, it was disappointing um, because he's you know a fan favorite, and he did yeah. one cool. Th- what was it? Where he won? He like lifted a guy and kind of threw him out of the ring. Yeah, he had some cool, uh, some cool finishing moves that throw, and he he did a couple like leg lock lifts. Mm. Where he would wrap his leg around his opponent and just kind of tip him over. He's he's always really fun to watch. Yeah, just sometimes didn't lead to winning. And he had a good... He, he was one of the many who had a good match with Terunofuji and, uh, you know, yeah. got into a standstill with him. And I think at one point did try to lift him. And, like, you could hear the announcers in the audience like gasping. <laughs> and then it's like... Nope, <laughs> didn't happen. Yeah, uh, that's Terunofuji again is a large man. He's 
enormous and and powerful and trying to lift him. Not I, I wonder if Uro was kind of going for points and going for show, you know. He was showboating for sure. Yeah. Now, and but I love him. So got him as bacon famine. <laughs> yeah. He's like a modern day Artemis bacon famine. Yeah. This guy is a show. Let me ask you boys this. I, I don't know a great deal about sumo. Uh, great deal being anything other than like maybe 5%. Uh, what are these? Uh, are these uh, the natural names, or do they choose their name? That's a good question, Dan. You want to answer that? <laughs> these are names that I. <laughs> I actually do know the answer. <laughs> I do know the answer, but Dan, go ahead. I I think the names are given to them uh, by their oh. trainers, and uh, so like I, I could be like like my name could be Nakatomi. Yeah, it could be <laughs> like, like Nakatomi Plaza. Yeah. It Absolutely. definitely could yeah. be. And it's always one word. Um, Maybe if... Yeah. Oh, is it really? So it, it could be words. like Bacon Famine. It, it could be... Your your sumo name could be Bacon Famine. It couldn't be Artemis Bacon Famine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. It could be Nakatomi, No, Nor could it be Bacon Space Famine. But it could be Bacon right. Famine. But it could be Bacon Hyphen Famine. I don't know. I've never seen any hyphenated, but I, I don't know. You could be a, a real pioneer here, Bert. Mm -hmm. Somebody could start. Yeah, it's a, it's a good time for me to start my sumo wrestling career. <laughs> yeah, I I do know as well that oftentimes uh, they will legally change their names to their to their given sumo names, especially some of these Mongolian dudes like Hakuo and Ichinojo. Uh, have legally changed their names away from their given Mongolian name to their sumo wrestling name. That's cool. No, wow. Is, yeah. Any? Uh, yeah. Is there a legal reason, or because I know the Ultimate Warrior, the the professional wrestler, the late great Ultimate Warrior, when after he got fired by WWF, they had they had the trademark to Ultimate Warrior, so he legally changed his name to Warrior. So he could go, <laughs> this is true. So he could use it in other wrestling promotions. Oh, wow. Wow, that's, it, that's pretty trig. Pretty trig? That's pretty, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty uh, savvy of him. Okay, trig is like, like trigonometry. You boys aren't familiar with the term trig? <laughs> no. No, 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 trig is, that's, that's, that's legitimate, that's legit, legitimate vernacular. Okay. You, know, you, you boys aren't a... Uh, you boys on our own hip to the you, you, you square? No, I don't. I don't listen to Z100 anymore. Yeah, last I heard, it was hip you, to be square. Well, that's because you're just listening to too much of the news and hooey. <laughs> I only hooey listen to hooey. the traffic report. That's my favorite. That's my favorite type of music. Well, you boys, <laughs> uh, I'll tell you one thing about that. Uh, uh, I will say this: I hope every zoo crew burns in hell. Zoo crew. <laughs> I think I just stepped. I, I stepped over the line. I'm sorry. I take that. I'm just. Let's just say I'm not a fan of zoo crews. Anyone who uh, works on a zoo crew is a is a, a, a mortal enemy of mine. Like, I'm. I'm. I may be exposing my uh, my inf or ignorance here, but are you talking about crews who work at the zoo who are cleaning up after the animals and bears and and maybe feeding them, or? 
Oh, no, of course not. That's a, that's, that's, you know, that, that, that's honest work in a stressful environment. Oh, I'm talking because about, uh, if you were saying that they should burn in hell, I was about to, uh, challenge you to a lamb fry eating contest. Well, now I'll take you on on that. I, I've got, I've got, I don't know if you remember, I've got some experience in that realm. So, uh, any, any day you want to, buddy, I'll meet you at a, I'll meet you at a uh, pasture. Yeah, just hurl or, some, uh, hurl know, some, some mountain of mesa. Hurl some lamb fries over a wall at Bert, and he'll he'll <laughs> he'll answer the challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Well, see, I, I got my uh, I got my uh, my security fan up, so <laughs> good luck with that. Yeah, it's tough, but we can maybe get a professional archer or something. Oh, 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 an archer! Oh, you got oh, okay. All right. Okay, I see where we're going with this. No, going back to... uh, Well, next... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh. Not afraid of you. Okay, well, let's let's, uh, lower the temperature a bit and talk more about Zoo Cruise. Is this... Sorry, boys. Is a Zoo Cruise someone who works for Z100? Or is it something... Like a disc jockey. Is a zoo crew? Zoo crew. It's like you know, what you, you you boys don't listen to radio in the morning. Tell them zoo crew. They tell you about uh, traffic. Ah, morning morning zoo you know, guys. Jokes about losing it. Mm. Yeah, like a zoo Bob crew. and Tom kind of type. Yeah, like a Larry, yeah, right? like a Larry and Bert type of thing. Larry and Bert, but it wouldn't be in the morning. It'd be like it's Larry and Bert <laughs> at four a.m. o'clock in the morning. Why are you Why are you awake? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. What's that radio show, the AM radio show that's all about aliens and paranormal stuff? Like Coast to Coast AM or something? Oh, I got to listen to this. Got me on that one, my friend. Seems like it would be cool. While you look that up, I'm going to I, I would listen to, to Larry and Bert talking <laughs> Larry about and yeah, Bert it's Coast to Coast AM. In the middle of the night. Coast to Coast. Uh, coast to Coast AM. Is it, is it regional it or is it nationally syndicated? <laughs> I believe it's nationally syndicated. I I think they have, oh, the country, it says country, United States, Canada, and Philippines. Oh, yeah, Philippines. That makes complete and total (laughs) geological sense. Well known for their their UFO sightings. Absolutely. Scotland, Ireland, and Niger. (laughs) All those really well-connected countries right there. (laughs) What kind of radius is this? Yeah. So you just skip around. When you have a UFO, you might be able to go through wormholes. Is this future technology or is this ancient technology? Ancient, of course. Of course, of course. Of course. That dumb question on my part. <laughs> dumb question. Come on, Stonehenge? Uh, Stonehenge. <laughs> Stonehenge. <laughs> I did say Stonehenge. You know, actually, as a matter of fact, I once got thrown over the Stonehenge. <laughs> Was it shrubbery over the whole thing? The, the whole thing, uh, yeah. It was, it was lengthways, not widthways. It was uh, a <laughs> uh, that was a pretty miserable, uh, miserable journey, to be honest with you. Not like not like yeah, an incredible journey. Of this making famine trebuchets. Yeah, you've gotten into some trouble in the UK, haven't you? Absolutely, I'm not allowed back in there. Any I of it? I can't go back in until 2051. How about Wales? Can you go to Wales? Not legally, but uh, let's just say I, I've I've gone back and uh, you know I've dipped my toe in a couple of times. All right, all right, that's something. Now can't help but push it to the man. 
Now, Stonehenge <laughs> was created by aliens. We know that. Hmm. We definitely know that. <laughs> we definitely know that. This um, much we can agree on. This yeah. much we can agree on. One more sumo point. Um, so there's a sumo <laughs> wrestler. I, there's one thing I wanted to get in. This is really sticking in my craw, is uh, Toretsu Yoshi. He's known oh, as... man. So, Bert, he's known as the Salt Bay. He... So before the salt bay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So before every match, each competitor has to take. There's like this tub of salt outside, right outside the doyo. I guess for like drying your hands or something. You're supposed to take a little. They, they toss the salt to, to cleanse the doyo of evil spirits uh, before the match. Okay, yeah. So there's a tradition behind it. Huh. Also, oh, yeah. because aliens would come and haunt the match. Yeah, they tried to take the, uh, they tried to abduct the referee. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you gotta have it, you gotta have an official. You got it. Oh, the officials are very important in sumo. Um, so anyway, they throw a little bit of salt on the ring to cleanse it. This one guy, he does his thing is he takes a big handful of salt and in a kind of, you know, a, a very a graceful way, but not like that impressive. Throws the big handful in the air, and the whole audience claps for it. They love it. The crowd loves it. And I'm thinking, anybody could do that. You know, I don't want to sound like someone looking at abstract art or a J Jackson Pollock piece and be like, oh, anyone could do that. But this throw of salt, <laughs> I think anybody could do that. This isn't like the thing is, art. yeah. Go ahead. The thing is, Larry, it, and similar to uh, to some of the stuff that we talk about when we say like, "Oh, anyone could do that. I could do that. That's it. That doesn't seem that hard. I could do it." The thing is, no one else is doing it. Mm. I wonder what would happen if even one Rikishi decided, "I'm going to take a big fucking handful of salt <laughs> and toss this motherfucker." Yeah, just steal his act. Terutsu Yoshi. I mean, there would we might see some backstage stuff like we do in professional wrestling oh. of two Rikishi just furious at each other and screaming. See, if I were managing so, Rikishi who didn't have a lot of clout, I see your hand raised. I'll get to you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would I would encourage him to do that because he's not rising up the Banzuke any other way. Make a yeah. name for yourself through showboating. Uh, Bert, I see you have your hand up. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I was just going to ask. So, so let me get this straight. So how, how were they dispensing with the salt before this guy came around? They just take a little dab, throw it, like toss it. Just a little dab will do you. This guy's, <laughs> just yeah, this guy's showboating, taking, taking a Brile yeah. cream? What, Brile cream? Brill cream? Brill cream. Brill cream. Brill cream. <laughs> little little dabble do ya. Now, Hakuo, <laughs> I think, also has his own thing where he, he picks up the salt and kind of does a little flick like that. Have you uh, noticed that when you see him? I have not, but I will be on the Take, lookout. Keep your eyes open the next time. Peel my eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if you do that, you might get some salt in him. It sounds like a guy's reckless with it. He is pretty you know, reckless. It's like a good, 
maybe he should they should have a uh, they should do that in the driveway over here so I, you know in the winter time so that i could have a you know we, we could get the carriage out that's a great that's idea that's probably a, great idea. a good guy to have around in the winter time <laughs> they should call him he the comes s- around and throws a kilogram of salt on everyone's driveway maybe that's a good nickname for what him nice the snowplow <laughs> snowplow uh bert do you have any other sumo questions Sumo questions? Yeah. Do you have sumo questions? No. <laughs> sumo questions. No. No, I'm. I'm actually. I'll be honest with you. This is very educational for me. I. I know that I've. Uh, I've. I've been on here and discussed sumo before with you, gentlemen. But I feel like uh, retention is going to be even higher this time. Ah, yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm excited. Next, next time you're on here, I want to hear you rattle off some some rikishi names that that you you're looking out for you got it <laughs> well you'll have to wait till next time <laughs> well it's not next time yet so give me <laughs> yeah come on it's this you got two, you, months. You you got two months two months the next one next two- basho in in november yeah see i remember last time we talked about this i couldn't Every time you were doing it, I was like, is that a new season of Bosch he's talking about? That I just if I missed Bosch? Right. It's With not Bosch, about uh, it's not about Anonymous Bosch. It's uh, about Artemis Bosch. What? <laughs> exactly. What did you say? I, I said it's I said, said it's not about Hieronymus Bosch. It's about Artemis Bosch. Artemis. By the way, you know, I'd like to also think that Artemis Bacon Famine probably, you know. Maybe, well, obviously he didn't have the name Artemis Bacon Famine before Heronius Bosch did, but, you know, maybe it's like, you know, maybe they were, maybe he was, it was derivative Heronimus Bosch. Very well. A lot of people don't know this about Heronimus Bosch either. Heronimus uh, Bosch would love to eat lizards. Really? Yeah, it doesn't surprise Big me. Big lizard man. Is that why he painted so much weird shit? <laughs> I think was, so. Was he tripping if, off if you, some, if you get, if you some gecko? <laughs> Yeah, he was he was a, he was a uh, uh, in in his time he was the Terrence McKenna. You'll of, have you to, know, of, of, of that culture. You'll have to enlighten me. Who's Terry McKenna? You don't know who Terrence McKenna is? I don't. Oh, geez. Well, all right. Look, we're gonna have that's a whole other hallucinogenic show. We're gonna have to talk about. Is he? Let's just say. You do, let's just say is he like Tim? Well, I was going to ask: Is he somewhat like Timothy Leary? Uh, well, I mean, they're thrown around in the same names, but McKenna is more of a uh, less of a wanker. Let's okay. just say that. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, Leary, Leary was okay, but you couldn't hang out with Timothy Leary for more than fifteen minutes before you just wanted to, you know, uh, run it, run him head first into the tank of a toilet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm writing a paper about this. I'm collaborating with the Grateful Dead about that. Shut up. Yeah. Get out of here. Such Get the hell out of here. What were you yeah, gonna... and also he owes me $35. <laughs> I, I'm, and he's dead. Yeah, well, I read his book, uh, the Tibetan <laughs> book of it. It's a Tibetan book of bullshit is what I'm saying. Mm. He, took the, he slapped the name Tibet on a bunch of ramblings of a madman and thought that validated it, the whole thing it's like no the Tibetan people are beautiful people and they, they didn't deserve to have uh, get your get their name out of your mouth is what I basically 
told him to his face. Yeah, he didn't like that. He said, no. "Get he didn't out!" Like of- that at all? He kicked me out. He kicked you out and took thirty-five bucks out of your back pocket in the process. <laughs> Absolutely, and in some circles, that is known as the book club. <laughs> <laughs> That's why so many. Why do you just keep thirty-five loose dollars in your back pocket? Well, as a matter of fact, it, it wasn't loose. It was actually uh, it was rolled up dimes. <laughs> okay. 35 bucks in dimes? You're carrying that around? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I was carrying it around. It was kind of like a blackjack. I had them in a, uh, as, as a matter of fact, I had them in an old bowler hat that I had like sewn together using the yarn from a yak. Sounds uh, like a pretty dangerous. Nice right. It was garment. dangerous. It was very, dangerous. very dangerous thing to it's have. Like a, it's like an early mad ball. Mad ball? What's a mad ball? I think a mad ball is when you put billiard balls in a sock and whack people. (laughs) (laughs) That's enough to make you mad. That'll ruin a day. That would make me really mad. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It kind of sounds like you ever ever been visited by the doorknob fairy? No. (laughs) This is the doorknob fairy, but when when you go to... The doorknob fairy, it's when you go to sleep and you, right, you go to sleep and you get to sleep. And when you wake up in the morning, what happened was uh, the, the doorknob fairy came and beat you with a pillowcase full of doorknobs. Then you feel, you just feel terrible. That's why you it's, wake uh, up and feel kind of groggy. <laughs> absolutely. Doorknob fairy came and showed you who was boss. Damn. That's true. Doorknobs, doorknobs in a sock can be deadly as well. In a sock. Anything hard in a sock, yeah. I would guess. Yeah. Or even soft, you know, even like a bar of ivory soap in a sock, and you know, in a tube sock, will uh, make you rethink your life choices. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's I saw that Salt in a, in Full Metal Jacket, right? Yeah. And in fact, I live in that, that scene. I'm remembering I, they whisper to each other. They say, "Let's give him the old Burt Carlson." <laughs> I, I that's catch true. That. It's true. <laughs> I never put that together until now. Oh, my God. I thought Burt Carlson was like the name of some other cadet or something. (laughs) I I didn't put it together. Nope. (laughs) Unsung heroes. That's that's what what me and Artemis Bacon famine and and our our kiln are. You're very much a hero. I don't think I use that word right. I don't think kiln's the right word for that. But maybe ilk. Maybe I was thinking ilk and not kiln. Probably you were thinking of ilk. A kiln is a you know, high-powered I, oven that they use to harden pottery clay. Yeah. Well, you know, I used to actually make some good venison from elk uh, in a kiln. Right. Ooh. It's very good. Yeah, it's, I, people I, I, don't realize I, you could use a kiln to actually cook. Absolutely. Uh, it's a high carbon factor, but you know, if you uh, uh, well, you know, if you don't have a sense of of of, uh, of taste anyway, it's uh, it's just chewy. That's all I care about is the texture. Yeah. The chew factor. <laughs> the chew factor. Chewy. I like each bite to last five and a half minutes. Absolutely. That's, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's called a, it makes you a sensualist. Yeah. Strong jaws, they say. <laughs> Strong jaws and loose lips. Like a maniac cop. <laughs> <laughs> Strong jaws and loose lips. Uh, that, yeah, and, uh, it makes dances and sink ships. That's the precisely. I guess the the, the 
I think that's the ilk yeah. I'm thinking of. We're talking about strong jaws. You guys know about alligators? I've heard of they them. Keep, they keep the... When the jaws are shut like this, a baby, they say, could could pinch the jaws and, and the alligator wouldn't be able to open its mouth. But they can clamp down like thousands of pounds of force, but they just can't open up very well. Oh. One-way tickets. One-way ticket. Huh. I'm going to try that next time I'm around an alligator and a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna see if that baby can keep that alligator jaw shut. Well, you know, we could always go down to St. Augustine, Florida, and you know, have a go down there. They got a lot of a lot of gator. That's Gator Town back down there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Down by the Everglades. Yeah, py time. pythons are destroying you know, the, them now. A lot of people. iPhones are destroying the Everglades. Yep iPhones are eating all the local flora, local flora and fauna. Man, they got to step updating the iOS on that. It sounds yeah. like it's just gotten out of hand. It has. On that note, uh, Dan, anything you'd like to plug before we get on out of here? No, man, I got nothing going on. All right. Uh, <laughs> Bert, anything you'd like to plug? No. All right. I too I too don't have much well they don't they don't let me out these days, as a matter of fact. I had to sneak out. Right. That's why the fan's not on. <laughs> Usually my security fan is actually running. That's the scary. I should I, I waited to tell you boys that in case uh you actually did throw some sheep's testers at me. I didn't want you to realize that you could completely hit me with them right now. Oh, no, I don't shoot. have anything to play. Missed opportunity. You know, I, I will say if you're interested in sumo, go on YouTube, look up Talkin' Sumo. It's a parody song and video that I made in a very short amount of time. Uh, and you might like it. It I liked it. It was great. It was right up my alley. It was my introduction to the sport, pretty much. <laughs> so I, of course, will plug my social media handles, which is at Larry the Athlete on Twitter, Instagram, working on creating a LinkedIn account. And if you like podcasts, subscribe to Larry Knows Sports wherever you get them. Apple, Spotify, uh, others. And uh, may all your dreams be hoop dreams. And may the rest of your days be days of thunder. <laughs> <laughs>